to all of you. I hope everybody's doing okay today. So in episode two, I'll be talking with Anjanette Hewitt about art. So why art? Well, art is a motivator. Art is something that can give you pleasure. It can also help you get by with uh, lonely periods um, of isolation. So let's go ahead and listen in on the conversation with Anjanette Hewitt and art and the motivation behind it. How's the day going since the last time we chit-chatted? It's very good. I've been painting all day, so I am very primed and ready to talk about art. Uh, is that supposed to be a pun? Primed and ready? <laughs> it could be. Because, <laughs> hey, I'm going to start right off by saying, isn't there supposed to be uh, like gesso or something like that that you put down on the uh, Oh, we will canvas? definitely talk about gesso. Oh, gesso oh, oh. Is, is a very important part of the process. Uh, cool. Well, I guess first of all, thank you for uh, doing this podcast with uh, with me today. I'm I'm very excited to be here. Well, where should we start? I mean, do you want to start from the beginning uh, of how you got sure. into doing this? Yes. And yeah, I right. would love to tell you about that yeah. about my creative journey. And I think that we all have a creative journey. And it's just a matter of, you know, finding your your starting point. And for me, my starting point was a, I went through a terrible divorce and I was going through therapy. And my therapist was like trying to, she said, she was trying to remind me of the person that I was before everything happened. And she was like, well, what did you like to do when you were a little girl? And I said, I, the first thing that came to my mind, I was like, I like to do art. And she's like, well, are you doing that? And I'm like, no, I tried a long time ago and I realized I was terrible at it. And she was like, well, why don't you just start doing it again? And I was like, okay. So I went and I bought some art books and I started reading about art and since I, all, I, I love anything creative, I love music, I love poetry, I love books, I love art, that it was, it was so easy for me to just kind of go there. So it was and, just a, a natural thing. She just said, go and draw. Yeah. And you're like, okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. And then she asked me if I would bring her a painting that I would do. And so suddenly I had a, a deadline because <laughs> I saw her every week and now I had an assignment and now I had to do it. And so I, I didn't even know where to start. I just went and bought some paint and some colors that I liked and a couple paintbrushes and a canvas and I just went and started painting. And I brought it to her the following week, oh, and she on. was very. Let me ask you something real oh, quick. So, yeah, um, so you had no clue what you were going to paint. No, no. So, clue. how 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 did you get that inspiration to paint whatever it is that you painted? And where did? It... Uh, well, I remember the first thing that I painted. I was just thinking about color, and I'm I'm a hair colorist by my trade and so all I could think of was well I'll just do some pretty colors and I just kind of finger I finger painted I had no idea what I was doing <laughs> and so I just finger painted kind of a face and some colors that I liked and brought it to her and she was like this is great and she's like keep going and but I didn't like what I did that was a weird thing was like I didn't feel very good about it I was just kind of completing an assignment but my desire was still there and as a kid I I love I loved to do to do art and but I remembered a teacher I think it was like my third grade teacher when I was painting told me oh uh trees don't have 
blue leaves. They have green leaves. Your 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 tree painting is terrible. And I was just like, oh, you're right. But I wanted to have a tree with blue leaves. I didn't want anyone with green leaves. And so I remember that that moment. I just was like, oh, I, I, I don't really want to do this anymore. And so as I was working it with my, my therapist, uh, she was like the opposite of that teacher. She was just like, oh, you did it. You did a tree with blue leaves. They're beautiful. What a creative tree you have. I can't believe that you would have, you know, thought to do blue leaves. I mean, everyone else does green leaves. Your blue leaves are beautiful. And it was that just kind of like set something off in me that was like, yeah, that's what being a creator is. Yeah. You use your own imagination to mm-hmm. make and change, create things. So, mm-hmm. so at an early age, your teacher squashed your creativity yes. in a way. Yes, yes. And, and, and then, you know, I think we all try, like, we all think that we should kind of come out of the womb as if, if we have a talent, we think that it should be immediate as a child or immediately the first time we do it, it should be perfect. But what I've learned is that's not the case at all. <clears throat> and what is perfect is desire. Desire is what's perfect. And as long as you have desire, you can do anything. And I, I mean, and Chuck, you're a musician. Did you, were you like, I mean, now you might have been like the, the three-year-old who could perfectly play no, uh, no. a guitar or drum. <laughs> Not me. <laughs> no, but what, but what you did have was the desire. And so what, when we have a desire, we surround ourselves with people who can teach us and who believe in us and who let us make mistakes <clears throat> and still encourage that, you know, and make the mistakes because you definitely will. And that, that is all about growing and learning. You know, is going with that desire thing and music. I know maybe for a lot of guys, that desire, that aspiration, that motivation, at least back in the day was girls, Number one, money number two. So with the art for you, I mean, it couldn't have been the thought of money, right? No, no. Or no. attracting and boys, right? No, no. It, and I think and I think this is, for me, till, till this exact moment in time, it is the excitement about creating. And there's this, it's almost for me, like, breathing, eating, drinking, when you are a creator, you get fed in a way that is like nothing else. And even if you make crap, which you will, you'll make a lot of crap. In fact, I went, I went to an art retreat and the, the teacher said, just so you guys know, if you haven't painted before, you will, uh, you're going to the first hundred paintings that you'll do will be terrible. So go ahead and get those over with. And it just made me think was like, that's the truth. It was like the first hundred times you do something, you're not going to be a master at it. You're not even going to be good at it. You're going to be terrible at it. But you know what? You can't go on beyond that until you've made your mistakes. So... You said that you kind of got the start back into it um, because you your therapist said, hey, what do you like to do? And you said, draw. Yeah. And yeah, she yeah. put this thing to you as a task for like an assignment. Yes. But yes. Um, yes. what kept you going? I mean, I know that you're saying that it, it, it sounds like it's a passion and it's, it has to it, it's a part well, of you now. But what made you really to? keep going after after you realize all the bad paintings i did you're right yeah after all those 99 bad paintings <laughs> and the number well, 100 must have been a great one 
what I did was I found my tribe. And I think any time that you have a passion, you need to find the tribe. And I, and I think probably as a musician, you, you've probably found this. You can't do, you can't be a good musician without other musicians. You, you have to, you have to do it all together. And when you like start going to shows and you start listening to music, you develop your ear. And I think that as an artist, as you start following other artists and you start finding your tribe and your people, your eye starts developing. And there are so many ways to find your tribe, especially these days with, you know, social media. You can go on Instagram, you go on Facebook, you can find a Facebook group, you can go on a art retreat, which is what I did. I went on four art retreats. I went to uh, South Carolina, um, I in the mountains. I went to uh, in New Mexico to where um, Georgia O'Keeffe lived at this place called Ghost Ranch. I went to Portland, and I and every time I did this, I met more people, more people, and soon I had all of these. They were all women who just encouraged me, and. I think the biggest thing with being a creator is being brave enough to share your work. I don't care if you're a writer, a musician, musician, a painter. If you, the moment that you get brave enough to share your work is the moment that you get you'll you'll get feedback. You might get some criticism. <clears throat> It's just, and even just getting brave enough to share it with your friends or your family and people that, you know, you know, will just say nice things, but that doesn't matter. Um, it, it is getting brave enough to share what you want to create. Okay. So, Do you think that? Yeah, I, I agree with like you. Like as a musician? It's, yeah, but I, I do. If if you don't share, uh, it's no. like, how am I going to learn? Uh, I can't learn from my own mistakes because I don't know that they're mistakes. But with you, as no. far as uh, the sharing part, I mean, aside from mm -hmm. the assignment, uh, do you remember when the first time that you um, shared one of your pieces of work? Or I you know, do, I uh, do. I was super proud of it, and I look back on it now, and I'm like, oh my god, it was terrible, it was horrible. <laughs> But, it, and it, it was right when Instagram first came out and people were, you know, sharing their art. And I'm like, well, I'm just going to paint this painting. And it was, it, I look at it now and I'm like, it's, it's horrible. But it was an, the act of being brave, the act of stepping out of your comfort zone, the act of opening yourself up to criticism. Or the, even even the act of opening yourself up to, you know, accolades, um, putting your first foot out there, that moment is when everything changes. So are you so critical of yourself that you know when somebody is actually um, giving you accolades, but they're really lying? Or if somebody <laughs> says, oh, no. I hate that it's ugly. Do you get kind of pissed off or offended? No, 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 not at all. Because one thing that I remember as a creator, it, beauty is in the eye of the beholder, you know. And there could be music that, like, you know, some, you know, like thrash metal that I would hear I would hate. But just because I don't like it doesn't mean it's not good. Um, and, and that, that is with everything that's creative in, and in art. It doesn't, just remember, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. <laughs> it, 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 you know, and it doesn't mean it's not good or bad. It doesn't mean, I mean, I can look at like a, I love Picasso, but I look at, you know, some of his paintings and I'm like, oh, that's weird. You know, I went to the Picasso Museum. I'm like, oh, I, I hate that. Or I love that. It doesn't mean that the piece isn't good or bad. 
It just is my own taste. And that, and I think as a creator, we have to remember that, that, that we can't get down on ourselves if we do something that someone doesn't like. It, it just, it's just not, you know, it, it's about your own taste. And, <clears throat> but then as we grow as creators, we can then recognize in our own selves, in our own work, whether we like it or not. And I think that's what's most important. So really create for yourself. Don't worry about what others are thinking, right? Exactly. Exactly. And it's all about the process. It's all about walking in, doing the work. And that's where the bravery comes in. Um, You know, from all these retreats, the four, Mm -hmm. whatever that you've done, and it, it sounds like that you're very experienced and you've been doing this for years. Can I ask you, mm-hmm. uh, how long have you been doing this? I not, not counting the childhood, but, <laughs> no, and, and it's bad for no. me probably to, we don't have to say no, no, the no, woman's age. No. <laughs> I, I don't mind. I don't mind. I'm 50. I will be 51 years old in, uh, in, uh, June. And I also think that's important because I think as we grow older, we think that we've maybe lost our chance and and that's never true i i think as long as we're here we have the chance i was 44 years old when i picked up a paintbrush and i really gave it a chance and here i am almost 51 and um in fact i Recently, uh, I got involved with a group of artists. It's called Fogue Gallery, and they are in um, Georgetown. And Fogue, the funny thing about it, I, I love her play on words. It's like the like Vogue magazine, but with an F. And it's a play on words with Fogey and Vogue. And all of the artists in this group are over 50. She, she will not accept any artist under 50 and because she believes like she believes that you know your life experience happens and I when I got accepted into this group I was so excited um, because the, the work was so beautiful and it's it's never too late that's the thing it is never too late even if you want to play the piano or start writing a poetry it's absolutely never too late. And that is what's exciting to me. As long as you are walking on the planet, you have a chance to give something to the world. So it's about seven years. So your journey has not been that long, but long enough, uh, long enough to grow and to know that you love it. Exactly. I've never taken an art class besides the the art the uh, the art retreats, and everything I've learned has been on you know my own journey, my own search, YouTube videos, books, practicing, 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 making a lot. I've I've already done my uh, my hundred ugly paintings. And I would l- happily show you them. <laughs> and, um, but you know, th- there are some basic rules about art. If I, if you, I'd like to share with you, yes, please. Uh, and and people and people who are wanting to to start off doing art, you know, you don't have to spend a lot of money. In fact, a lot of things you probably have in your house right now. And, um, and being creative is looking around you and working with what you have. Now, of course, there's the basic things like, you know, a surface to paint on, uh, paint itself. Yeah, yeah um, you need that. Yes, you definitely need that. But you don't, you don't need to go and buy $80 paintbrushes. You don't have to buy a hundred dollar, you know, paint. You can, um, but you can also start off with a $20 trip to Joann's or Michael's or, you know, whatever, you know, art store you have. And that, you know, one of the, the, the things with art is the color wheel. 
Do you remember when you were a kid, did you learn an acronym for um, the rainbow? Oh, what, the, the order of Roy Biv? No, I don't remember. You don't remember that? Okay, nope. Roy G. Biv. So I remember that they taught us Roy G. Biv. Red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, and violet. And sorry, I got a dog here. Um, <clears throat> those are the colors of the rainbow. And if you can remember that, you have got, you're, you're, you're halfway there. Um, the, the first part of the color of the rainbow, if you imagine a rainbow, red, orange, yellow are, are the warm colors. Um, green, indigo, and violet are the cool colors. And it, it, it's, you could read thesis on thesis after on color wheels and color, you know, theory. But if you can just remember that, it's a really good start. Good, and that, I would love to. I, that I'd just love scares to tell me. Your, that scares me. That kind of stuff. <laughs> theory. Anything right, that says does. theory scares me. Theory. So all we have to remember is two things: warm and cool. And I think of warm things as, you know, like warm, you know, what is warm? It's yellow. It is red. It is orange. It is, you know, a, um, the bright sun. And then the cool colors are, you know, the blue, the indigo and the violet and the green, which are like the night colors. It's almost just like thinking about day and night. And, um, when, when I paint, I, I have a, I, I hate to say I have like a, like a, you know, thing that I do, you know, in order, but there is one thing that people who are new painters make a mistake in doing, and it's they make muddy paintings. And that, and mud is just when you mix your warm and your cool together. In fact, try it. it if you have a, like a $3 watercolor, if you put down on a piece of paper, uh, you know, some red and then you put over the top violet, you'll make brown. <laughs> and which is fine, you know, great if you want to make brown, but if you make too much brown in a painting, it will look like mud. I I'll say it. It'll look like shit, right? Exactly. Brown. <laughs> well, it'll look like mud. It'll just look <laughs> muddy and dark and like there won't be you know contrast so what i do is i'll take out it i'll take a canvas out and i will go i love to find the most weird things possible to create marks and because those things give your art something special and different and so i'll get jar lids i'll get you know wine corks I'll get uh, you know uh, end of a sponge a chopstick an old you know spatula that's you know come and gone and I'll just sit down and I will put on my canvas and I'll start with the red orange and yellow and I'll just make marks and the child in me that, that we squashed down early will delight in that and I'll use my fingers and I will use, you know, I'll even go outside and maybe find a, you know, a leaf or a pine cone and I'll scratch in that. Anything to make something interesting. And the moment you give yourself permission to make something interesting is the moment you will create something beautiful, I believe. So can I ask you this? Because we're talking about mud. You know, you mix the, yeah. the cool and you yeah. mix the warm and it just does mm -hmm. not mix right. Mm -hmm. um, so, I, you know, what I've experienced, my little bit of painting, sometimes uh, I try to mix a color to make a color. Is there something about mm -hmm. pigments and that kind of stuff where some are weaker and that's why my colors don't look right or like you're talking watercolors and then there's acrylics and then there's oils and there's yes. all kinds of now, stuff. Now each one of those mediums have kind of their own rules. I, I'm just going to address acrylics because they are the most usable easiest friendly colors to use. Now 
we, you could, if you went to the art store today and I said, okay, you can make every color you want with primary colors. Do you, do you know what the, the primary colors are? I don't like tests. Red, green, blue. <laughs> I don't know. Red, white, yes, blue. There you go. Yes, there you go. So red, green, and blue. You can make anything out of, well, actually it's, uh, red, yellow, and blue, not green. Sorry. Uh, sorry. Uh, yellow and blue. Yellow and blue make green. But if you got um, red, yellow, blue, black, and white, you can make any color. Now, you could go online and you could research all the things to do that. And I would encourage anyone who's just starting to paint to not even get into that. I would just say go and buy cheap paint in colors you like. But keep in mind, Roy G. Ben. <laughs> There's that rainbow. You know, you're warm, you're warm, and you're cool, and just keep them separate. They can't, they can't dance together until they're dry. But the lovely thing about acrylic is that they dry very fast. So one of the things that I do is I, I always work on two canvases at once. Always. What do you mean? And so I'll, so I will take my first canvas and I will uh, get my all my tools, my sponges, my jar lids, my tongue depressors, my fingers, whatever, and I'll I'll start with my, my warms, my red, orange, and yellow, and just go ahead and just, and have fun with it, and not even care, and and, and I think, and, and if you ask a lot of artists, one of the first things that they will all, always will agree on is that seeing a blank canvas will be kind of scary <clears throat> and I think that's why people love these like art you know sip and paint you know nights because mm -hmm. someone's going to is going to guide them through you know how to create something um but but we all have that innately but anyway the thing is so start with your warm start doing and just make interesting marks I even get a box of crayons out and I'll, you know, even, I'll put, I'll use paint and then I'll use crayons and I'll just scribble and I'll, and I'll even just think about, you know, I'll even, I'll look to the wall and I'll look to, you know, all I am doing is trying to make marks. I don't care what they look like. Okay. I got to so ask you real quick. I, do, I got to ask you yeah. real quick. So you said you work with two canvases at the same time. Is that because yes, you're waiting yes. for one to dry and then you're working on the other Absolutely, or is that? Yes. Okay, yes, okay. Yes. Just want to make sure. So you want one to dry. So you want one to dry and you want to get your mojo. You want to keep your mojo going. And so you, well, if one is drying, then you're going to go, wait, you're going to go do dishes. You're going to then, you know, pay bills. You're going to forget that you're in a creative mood. You want to keep that mood going. And so you don't want to lose that. So that's why you pick up while your other one is drying. And what I do is I just set it outside because it'll dry a little faster in the sun and then I get my next paint my next canvas out or whatever I'm whatever you know I'm using to paint on and I will do the same thing and I will just enjoy the process and I won't think for a moment what I'm creating so and, and I think I think oh go ahead no no go ahead I'll ask after oh I was gonna say I think when when people who don't paint think that when they sit in front of a canvas, they have to think, oh, what am I going to paint? I'm going to paint a bird. I'm going to paint a tree. Am I going to paint, you know, a rainbow? I'm going to paint, you know, a house. It, the most powerful thing you can do is forget about an end result and enjoy the process. Because your child in you, that's what they loved was the process. And then the result can come after. So then after I do my second paint, my second canvas of my, my warm colors and all of my, and I'll play music and I'll dance and I'll scratch into it and I'll, you know, and I'll look around me and I, I might use, I use cheesecloth, I have, you know, whatever. And then while, what, by the time I'm done with the second one, the first one's dry. And this is only with acrylic, you know, oil has a different, oil paints have a different thing. Now it's ready to go for the cool colors. And that's when GBIV comes in, you know, into play. The green, indigo, violet, all of those night colors, you know. And then I'll do the same thing with that. And I'll go on top of it. Unfortunately, if you do not wait till it's dry and you 
put your cool on your wet warm, you will happily make a, a mud pie, mud. which we don't want. We don't want mud. <laughs> so as long as it's, it's dry, you can go over the top of it. And again, start, you know, just start playing, start thinking, you know, and you can even like, I love mixed media, so I will add charcoal, I'll add crayons. I love taking um, street paper on like telephone poles and out of respect, I make sure that they are ones that are like past the date. <laughs> Expired. <laughs> <laughs> out, yes, out of respect. And I'll even take those up and I will tear them up and I will use Elmer's glue and I'll glue those on and I'll paint over the top. Anything just to kind of keep your, your creative juices flowing. And soon... I, I, and this is one of the things that I, I like to think about is when I was a kid, I loved to lay in my grandparents' backyard and look at the clouds. And I would look at the clouds and I'd be like, oh, that looks like a house. That looks like an old man, you know, um, uh, smoking a pipe. Or that looks like a, you know, a, uh, a cat. And if you, if once you kind of let yourself go, you could look in your at your, those paintings and start seeing shape. And that's when, if you want to, you can then go into, you know, maybe making something that looks more um, recognizable. But you don't need to do that. Just, you know, it, it is the act of playing and having fun and creating. That it, and and if you ever need inspiration look at a child do you uh, do you have any children in your life nope i don't nope not really um, oh but i will say really. one thing that the way you're describing all this actually makes me think of two things immediately lucy in the sky with diamonds and willy yes. wonka oh definitely <laughs> really really good things you know and and and, and you know right there those two things those were creative thoughts and the creative thoughts come from creative energy and you don't ever have creative energy unless you try so uh i want to ask you then um say i'm i'm doing this and i'm really getting into my art my painting uh-huh do i uh-huh have to go out and buy a special uh, canvas so it'll last um, do I have to lay anything down I heard things like gesso or something like that or some are pre-primed yes, yes, uh, do yes. I need to do that so, when I first start is it important or do no, I need to consider it if I want it to last like a long time gesso is a basically it's, it's like it's called a ground and it is a white paint that has texture in it and you, there, there was a wonderful African American um, painter who was discovered after he passed away. Um, and what he did was he took gesso on cardboard and he created masterpieces. On I, I wish I remembered his name. I wish I could have looked it up. Um, <clears throat> but gesso is basically you think of whiteout. You know how whiteout has kind of like a texture to it? Yeah. You know? So if you put whiteout on anything, you can write over it. And that's what gesso is. And so um, most um, canvases that you buy in the store already have gesso on it. Um, but if you wanted to be super creative, you could take your Amazon boxes, cut them up, and gesso them. And you would have a painting surface. And um, what you know, an artist friend of mine told me she was like, I w I was short on money at the time, and I was like, I don't have much money. I can't spend a lot. And she was like, the less you have, the more creativity you have to work with. And and it's true. And I think about this, you know, this amazing, you know, African-American painter who did these beautiful artworks on cardboard. You don't need expensive things. And, and um, but these days, um, uh, 
canvas is pretty reasonable. Um, so you could just go and buy, you know, buy canvas, you can buy canvas boards that are, they're not like stretched onto wood. They're like flat boards, but they're a great way to practice. Or yeah, go cut up your Amazon boxes and paint them with gesso and, you know, start there. It doesn't even matter. It's just starting is the most important thing. So do you find that painting is more enjoyable or different from say drawing i'm just thinking because i if if i if i don't have a lot of money i'm thinking what i have is a pencil and i can always get some paper but that doesn't seem like it's as fun as it used to be when i was a kid drawing but as an adult i feel like painting might be kind of cool but I don't know if I want to really get into it because it seems like it's messy. What am I going to do? I hate cleaning up. It's going to be a mess. I remember cleaning oil paint. from. It is messy. And you know what? You can go to the dollar store. And when I first started painting, I went to the dollar store. And I you can buy uh, dollar store shower curtains. And I would use those to put on the floor. And all I had was a... uh, I also went to the thrift store and I bought a TV tray (laughs) and so I had my TV tray my dollar store you know shower curtain that I put underneath and my you know cheap um, you know canvases and I would also say you don't have to invest money in paintbrushes Um, again half the time I use my fingers and and the other half I will use Q-tips jarlets you know, don't spend, I mean, I'll go to, you know, Michael's and buy a $5 set of brushes. Now you can, you know, if you're, when, once you are a master, you will want your $80 brushes, but in the beginning, you don't even need that. You, you've got 10 things that God gave you. Well, hopefully you still have them your fingers. <laughs> And I paint with my fingers all the time. In fact, most most days, I my fingers are covered in paint. Well, I've seen some of your that, stuff from the links that you sent me uh, to your Instagram. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. And you huh? mean to tell me that a lot of that stuff you did with just your fingers? Yes, absolutely. Wow. Just my fingers. Wow. And, and, and it's, it's just because there's uh, your brain and your limbs are so connected that, and really a brush is just a, is just a extension of that but when with your fingers you can you know the and you'll learn it after a while like the different pressure the different and it feels good and you play music and you and and, and you connect again with that you know that kid inside who just wanted to finger paint and yes most of the time rarely I have I have like 10 brushes that I and um, and then the other 10 are my fingers and you know so to answer your earlier question about like getting set up you know go to the dollar store they have foam brushes that are cheap as cheap can be get your get a you know a uh, the, the you know the um, shower curtain to you know put down go go to go to goodwill and buy somebody else's ugly painting their ugly painting you could totally paint over it and in fact i often will paint over old paintings and it there's a certain kind of depth that that, that it gives and i really most art can be done extremely cheap and if you really don't want to be messy um uh just you know use well watercolors is is not messy at all but that's a whole different thing i i i would stay with acrylics when you're first starting out and get a corner of the room Put down, put down your, you know, your dollar store shower curtain, your thrift store, you know, um, TV tray, and that's all you really need. Okay, so your TV started. tray. I could guess what mm-hmm. you're going to use a TV tray for, but what do you use your TV tray for? 
Well, I use my TV tray. I would love to take a picture of it right now for you because I'm looking at mine. My TV tray. So I could, I went to, also went to the thrift store and I bought a frame with glass. I took the glass out and I put tape, um, like a heavy electric, electrical tape all along the side so where so it doesn't get cut. That's my palette. And then I have a mason jar full of water and then I have my um, my uh, brushes in the water and, and I use the um, the glass is what I mix the paint on. So if I'm just going to put my you know let's say I wanted to make you know orange and I didn't have you know orange but I had red and yellow I would then mix red and yellow together until it was the color that I wanted and then I would do that on the glass and this nice thing about the glass is once the paint dries on it you can just scrape it off and there's that's your palette a lot of people also use um, wax paper or butcher butcher paper um, anything that has a, a little bit of a sheen on it that you can that it won't absorb so like if you use like newsprint you know that would that would absorb the paint but if you have something that has like a waxy film you want something that's not really porous, so it doesn't absorb like, no, and soak no, up the paint. No, while you're mixing your paint, mm-hmm. and then I just mix the paint together with my paint. I don't own a paintbrush that costs more than five dollars, <laughs> and uh, and then and I will I will use like I'll go get like um, those wooden tongue pressers. There you can get like a hundred for two dollars at Michael's. <laughs> And I will use those to to, script, to take the paint out of the, the, the jars, and I will use them to mix, too. And I'll even use them then to apply the paint. And so, um, yeah, all, you, you really need very little space. Uh, you just need more patience with anything. So all of this stuff, like your um, tongue depressor, or I'll call them popsicle sticks, can really mm-hmm. be, they're really techniques of how to lay down your paint then right yes exactly exactly and you and you will learn in fact i get i buy these little like um this dog food that comes it's called caesars and it comes in these little plastic i will feed my dogs the dog food and then i will rinse them out and then i will use them in the next painting you could use yogurt cups you could use cottage cheese things I save all of those things because they are great, uh, great things to, to, to mix paint in. And, um, yeah, just like being a creator is about being creative and looking around with what you have and, and not, you know, spend, and, and doing that. It, it's it's so exciting because it you know that that that's what being a creator is is like thinking about things and using things for a different purpose. Well, I could definitely tell and, that uh, painting has become um, really a true passion for you. Mm. Uh, so, you know, the the what's in it for me. So I'm going to be this greedy person. Uh, okay. Painting. What, what, mm-hmm. does, what does painting do for me? What good does it do? I mean, well, you know, I would ask, I would go ahead and ask that question because you're a musician. I would be, I would turn it around and I would say, well, what does music do for you? Doesn't make me rich. That's for sure. No, it doesn't. <laughs> but, but, but what it does, it, it enlightens you. It connects you to other people. It makes you happy, I'm assuming. <laughs> <laughs> right? Of course it does. But, you know, then I'll, I'm going to ask you. So you've you've been doing this, like we said, um, seven years-ish is not a long yeah. time, but kind of a long yeah. time. Have yeah. you have you taken it any further? Is it more than just, oh, I do it for a passion and I kind of put it to the side and I show friends? Have you turned it into anything, maybe a, a business or anything like that? What do you do well, yes. since you've made, you know, more than 100 paintings? I cannot imagine somebody <laughs> painting that many canvases and they're all just laying around the house. 
Well, that's when your bravery comes in, and that's when you have to share it. And no, no one's going. No one has a crystal ball and can look at the stacks of paintings you have in your living room. That's when you have to share it, and that's when you have to get brave, and you have to put yourself out there, and you have to get ready to maybe hear bad things too. But you'll often hear really good things, and and so I I started with my Instagram page, and then I do on Facebook. And I share, and and those two those two places are where I connect because I connect with you know people in the everyday world with that, and I share my art, and uh, I will have people say I want to buy that, or I will have people say, could you do one uh, a painting like that that's bigger or smaller or with more red or more blue, and I'm like sure, so taking. Taking that first step is really brave and really hard. The moment you do it is when, you know, I, I love I love that, uh, the quote of, you know, that movie, um, if you build it, they will come, uh, Field of Dreams. Mm-hmm. Remember yes. Field of Dreams? Yep. If you build it, they will come. And that's what you have to to do as a creator you have to build it and you have to share it and you have to get really brave and it takes thick skin and you have to be ready to either not hear anything at all (laughs) because some people are like if you can't say anything nice don't say anything at all you know Or, or, or to hear the good things and it's it's getting brave and doing that and stepping out and I mean, I think just like a musician, you know, going out and doing a set in front of people, even if it's two people, even if it's three people, even if it's 200 people, you know, it's it's getting brave and putting yourself out there. And if you build it, they will come. So are you telling me that um, your passion has become a business? It's a byproduct of your passion or... Are, are you just not even trying to sell it? It's just like, ah, eh, somebody wants to buy it. Um, I'm just thinking because, you know, some people out there may want to turn this into a, a possible moneymaker or they Absolutely. just want to get rid of some of the artwork because they just don't have room for it in the house. Well, that's a really good question. Uh, I think that when I paint something that I think someone wants to buy, it doesn't have soul or spark or love. I, it looks flat. It looks boring. In fact, you know, I'll even like, oh, you, you know, this this is something people like. I'll just do it. But when it comes from your heart and when it comes from your soul, that's when it looks beautiful. And I, I mean, I know a lot of artists will they'll have they'll do a subject. And a lot of people will like it and they will reproduce it. And I'll do the same thing, you know. But the moment when I try something new or I try something scary or I something just kind of comes from my heart, that is when the magic happens. And people can tell when there's the magic's not there. And... I mean, and I know there's so many amazing artists out there who know their audience and know just how to do it. I'm not that person, you know. So really still create from your heart. Don't worry about yeah. trying to please somebody create, else. Exactly. If you create from your heart, somebody will see that and they will see the magic in it and will want it. And and in fact, I think that's one of the that's one of been one of my biggest struggles is that I like when I sell my art and it feels really good and it helps me like buy more paint and buy more you know more canvases but when I paint for the sake of just to sell something there's the magic's not there that makes sense it's not there yeah, yeah. you're not creating for yourself so you know no it's like when why it, invest it, that kind it, of time into it when it when it comes and and that's the difference between manufacturing and creating. Uh, Anyone can manufacture yeah. something. 
anyone can. I mean, you you can send it to China and have it reproduced on pillowcases, and you know, and yeah, that that's manufacturing. But when it comes from the heart, there is a soul to it, and people can tell. And and you know what? It, it's something you can't put your finger on. You don't know why, but well, there's something there, and and people want it, and they want it in their homes, and they want it in their lives. And I mean, you can go find a picture, a cute picture of an owl on uh, something at you know Home Goods or Marshalls. It's just not the same as when something comes from the heart, and there's a huge difference. Okay. And but but we don't know what that is, you know. Well, then can anybody and everybody paint is there an artist in all of us or is it just yeah, certain absolutely. talented people no. like you no 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 chuck is there a musician in all of us i mean someone taught you you know there there are things that you can learn uh but, but when you have your heart and soul in it, it's better. No, I absolutely do not believe that we, I believe we're all born creators. And that's why we have, you know, architects and landscapers and every, you know, everyone. It's just finding what your passion is. And in fact, the first thing when anyone looks at my art, the first thing they say is like, oh, you're so talented. I can't even paint a stick figure. And I'm like, <laughs> give me 10 minutes with you. You, you, you. you forgot how to be a creator because somebody took it away from you. So Somebody took it away from you. What about those um, abstract artists who just make a mess of things that look beautiful? So... Uh, and it is just that, looks like accidental and splashed and, you know. Yeah. Is that more uh, difficult than trying to say, I'm going to paint a tree or, you know, that's my problem. No, is I'm going to be creative, but I end up painting a palm tree with the beach and the sun. Or maybe I'm just dreaming of going somewhere, but that's what I end up doing. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, I, I remember I was at the Seattle Art Museum and uh, it was, they had a, uh, I think it was like an it was an abstract, you know, uh, display. And somebody ha and in their gift shop, they had a car that said, um, "That looks so easy. I could have done it." And then underneath it said, "But you didn't." <laughs> <laughs> you know. And so you look at these like things that are like they look so easy, but you didn't. And if you try to do it you would realize it's not that easy. And there, I mean, and that's when color theory comes into play. That's when, you know, not making mud. That's when, you know, if the, you know, the opposite of red is blue. When you put red and blue next to together, they are, I'm sorry, red and green. If you put red and green next together, they ignite each other. Um, and, and there's many books written about that. Um, but you don't know it when you see it, and and abstract actually looks easy, but it's not. It's really hard. In fact, I and and a lot of artists I know who do like really realistic art, they're like, I just can't, I can't get loose. I can't do abstract. I can only do realistic. And it's like because you, it's I think it's something in it's in your it's an eye shift in your mind. And actually, abstract is one of the hardest things to make it look beautiful and not look like a pile of mud on a canvas, you know. So, or so. It, it, go so, ahead. I'm so, sorry. would you? Um, would you? If, if I'm a newbie and I, I want to paint, and I say, "Oh, I want to be an abstract artist," I've seen all these really cool things. Would you say? You know, it's a little bit more difficult than you think. You may want to start off by trying to paint something that you're familiar with, something that you like. No. Or would you say, no. go for it? What would you do? What I would, would you say, go for it. I would say, go for it. In fact, because where anyone's passion is, is where is where they'll be successful. And I would never steer any way from 
scare anyone away from what excited them. Okay. Whatever excites you, whatever excites you, you'll you will definitely be, be good at. It'll take some practice, and and um, but no, not at all. I I I would just and, and what I would encourage an a beginning artist to do is like go to art walks, go to coffee shops, look where there's art, and I do this with. Um, Sean, my partner, all the time, because uh, he's not a he's not a painter. And I'll say I'll say to him like we'll be at a, like a restaurant who's like having an art you know art installation, and I'll ask him I'm like, do you like this painting? And he'll be like, no. And I'll be like, well, why not? Well, I don't know. It just is boring. Okay. Well, why is it boring? Well, there's not enough color. There's not enough contrast. There's not enough light. There's not you know, and, and it's. But again, it's in the the eye of the beholder. So, just it takes your eye training, and and everyone is different. Everyone likes something different. So, go to art walks, go to museums, look at books, and ask yourself, why do I like this, and or why don't I? You know, and that artist good. won't know. <laughs> you know, that's right. But they're what, not there to listen to you. No, well, most of the but time, what they're not. that will do is it will start training you to know what you like. And as you become a creator, you that's half the work, is knowing what you like and, you know, and what you want to create. Actually, that's a really good idea because that also will help uh, the, the local artists. Maybe they're not so local, but you're getting out into places that are around you, and that's going to support um, your community, oh, right? I mean, a lot absolutely. of times I imagine... If you're out there, you're doing your art walk, you're going to stop, you're going to have a little glass of wine, you're going to have something to yeah. snack on, and you're enjoying yourself. And then at the same time, yeah. if you're uh, a budding uh, artist, you're going to learn. Be, and be critical. That artist won't know, but be critical in your own mind as a creator, because that will help you shape what you want to create. There's a, a one of my favorite books is called Steal Like an Artist. I wish I ever written down his name, uh, but that's kind of what he says is like there there aren't any new ideas. <laughs> Everything's pretty much already been done. Steal like an artist and, and, and look at something and not and not to say copy it, but take take something from it and make it your own. If it's a bow um, of a boat that you like that you see somebody painted, go for it and just paint a bow of a boat. Just get some ideas yeah. from it, right? Yeah. Maybe change yeah. the color, Suddenly, change the size. You didn't you didn't know that you liked bows of a boat. You didn't know that until you saw that picture. And suddenly you're like, Now I want a piece bow of a boat. And now I'm gonna go I'm gonna read all I'm gonna Google bows of boat. I'm going to and I'm gonna become an expert <laughs> on bows of boats. And, and eventually, you you you'll you'll learn what you like and what you don't like. And I think, you know, no nobody nobody is good at what they do for the first, like I said, hundred times. But also training your own eye by what other people do. And, and, and I might look at something and think that is amazing, and you might look at it and be like. That's a piece of crap. <laughs> so should you compare but, your work to somebody else's or no, just don't compare. Just, just. Well, but my, one of my favorite quotes is, um, comparison is a thief of joy. But what if my, um, I don't know. A Peter Max well, painting that I try to make looks comparing. really terrible, and I get depressed. I'm like, oh, it doesn't look. Or like there's it. difference between comparing and learning from, and being inspired by. Okay. Okay. You know, you could be inspired by. In fact, I would love to share with you. Um, do you know? Do you know who Ira Glass is? He's a writer in PR. No. Anyway. Ira Glass is this, uh, he's a, he's a writer and I read this quote from him a long time ago and I have read it a thousand times and I'm going to read it a thousand and one right now. <laughs> okay. It's a little bit long, 
it's a little bit long, but this sums up, I feel like, the creative journey. And um, it's, and this is what he says. He goes, Ira Glass. Nobody tells this to people who are be- beginners. I wish someone told me. All of us who do creative work, we get into it because we have good taste. But there's this gap. For the first couple of years, you make stuff. It's just not that good. It's trying to be good. Sorry, I'm going to turn the page because I wrote it down. It's trying to be good, but it's not. But your taste, the thing that got you into this game is still killer. And your taste is why your work disappoints you. A lot of people never get past this phase. They quit. Most people I know who do creative, interesting work went through years of this. We know our work doesn't have the special thing we want it to have. We all go through this. And if you are just starting out or you're still in this phase, you've got to know it's normal. And the most important thing you can do is a lot of work. Put yourself on a deadline so that every week you will finish one story. It is only by going through a volume of work that you will close that gap and your work will be as good as your ambition. Wow. Once again, can you let everybody know who that was from, that quote? That is from Ira Glass. And he's a writer. Mm -hmm. He's a writer. He's from NPR. And when I read that, it was at the beginning of my art journey. And it, it comforted me because I knew that my eye was good, but my hand wasn't yet. And I think anyone who is a creator, whether it be a be writing or music or poetry or art you got into it because you got good taste and you know what is good but but your hand hasn't caught up with it yet and the only way to get past that is to keep going keep going do more do as much as possible practice and makes perfect well not necessarily perfect but you get better and pretty soon your work will be as good as your ambitions and tattoo it on your back of your eyeballs <laughs> <laughs> because it, it, it is, it's everything that he, he said it right there. You know, it's like you do this because you have a good eye and, um, wow. Well, you know, I think, that's uh, with that quote and everything that you're saying. That's a a perfect uh, way to bring this to an end. Um, All right. Uh, but I will say so one other much, thing. Doc. I will say one yes. thing. I know that you suggested going out to you know not necessarily garage sales, but garage sales or secondhand places and buying uh, an yes. old painting and painting over it. I will say, hey, when you do that, just make sure that it's not a Picasso or Rembrandt because. You know, we've heard of things like yeah, that happening. They buy these two dollar paintings, and it's it's a fifty <laughs> million dollar painting. If you see, if you see painting. a Picasso at the the bottom, yeah, don't do that. Oh, but if you see a, a third grader, <laughs> yeah, painting on something, yeah, just buy it from. Them. Um, Paint you know, over it. Uh, actually, here's here's my last question for you. Then, um, yeah, as an artist, you're a painter. Do you, and then should you, sign your work on the front or on the back or not at all? Okay, that's interesting because a lot of people have different things with that. Sometimes it depends on the piece. Sometimes I look at the piece and I think that if I sign my name at the bottom, uh, it might interrupt it. Um, But what I will do is I'll flip it over on the back and I will write my feelings about this piece so I will say I did when I did this piece I was feeling you know happy sad whatever or it took me through a you know bad time or it made me feel okay okay I gotta back up one one quick um because this this goes on that I went to a friend's house the other day he had bought a painting for me that I did five years ago and uh he brought it out and he goes you know I keep reading the back of what you wrote on this painting and I wrote about this the subject that made me feel compassion and I was like and I when I wrote on the back I said 
when I when I did this painting, I was feeling the need for compassion, and this spoke to me, and this is what I felt when I painted it. And then I signed the back, and he said, you know, I I just love that. And in fact, you know, sometimes I look at the painting and I'll flip it over in the back, and I'll just kind of see what you wrote. But other artists will say they will, they would like to let the viewer you, you know feel what they want so just I, I think it just depends um I think for me most of the time I like to sign the back I don't like to sign the front and I do like to to say a little bit about what I was feeling when I painted that and it connected with that you know collector so that's, that's really cool in fact you're making me time. think I need to go and take a look at a painting that a friend painted for me and gave to me this has to be oh, 12 or 13 years ago. So I need to see if it's signed on the front or the back. I love the painting, um, and I mm. cherish the painting. It's uh, mm-hmm. it's only because it really has it, um, meaning to me. It was it was a thank yeah. you for me uh, helping, um, helping her out, actually helping her, uh, she and her husband. Wow, well, you did good. <laughs> but but yes, and and I think I would, you know, encourage any of your listeners, you know, in the art that they've collected themselves or, you know, you know, purchase in the future, it, it you know, I think the artist often wants you to to see what you see in it for yourself. And well, and, and go with that. Well, so for the listeners, where can they see some of your work? Where can they fall in love with well, it and purchase some of this stuff? And uh, you let me, let us know, and I'll also make sure that it's in the description of all well, this. Well, thank you. So, well, I I show my art in three places. I show I often share it on my Facebook page, and I'm Anjanette Hewitt, A-N-J-A-N-E-T-T-E, Hewitt, H-E-W-I-T-T, and on Facebook, and you, I, I've got my Facebook pretty open. Um, I also on Instagram, I'm Anjanette, A-N-J-A-N-E-T-T-E 69. That's the year I was born, and that's my Instagram name. And then I also show with FogueStudios.com, uh, F-O-G-U-E um, uh, Studios, and they have also a uh, online um, store and I have some of my art there and I would I would love for your listeners to uh, yeah if they want to take a look and uh, I'm always I'm always happy to to hear um, feedback on that very cool well and Jeanette thank you very much thank you Chuck thank you for having me on your show it was a pleasure well it was a pleasure having you here or not really here we're at a distance because we have social <laughs> distance but no I yes. learned a, I learned a lot and I learned a lot about oh, you so this is fantastic thank and it's you actually I, I, wanna, I hope paint. you do some art well, I want yeah. I want to see your art uh and no you, you don't you, yes I do <laughs> and you know what get your child out let your child create and um, I would be happy. I'd be happy to see some of your art if you would be brave enough to share it. Thanks, Thanks. Chuck. You're welcome. Thank you, Anjanette. And everybody, remember, Anjanette Hewitt. Look yes, her up. That's my name. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank Thanks. you. Have a good night. Good night. You Bye. too. Bye. Bye.